wanted to get quick information about the weekly Sabbath school lesson? Well, you're nearly there. Just press the button and you will get important key informations about the weekly theme. Easy to understand. Short inversion, 5 minutes each day, 30 minutes each week. You will be well prepared for Sabbath in church. Your friends will be astonished about your knowledge. Promise, God's everlasting covenant. How can it be that the Most High of the universe is willing to make a covenant with you? How can it happen that a relationship with your Creator may succeed? Grace be with you and peace from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. We are going to study the theme, the promise, God's everlasting covenant. Lesson 11, New Covenant Sanctuary. Our memory text for this week, we find in Hebrews chapter 9, Verse 15, therefore he is the mediator of a new covenant, so that those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance. Relationships. In Leviticus chapter 26, verses 11 and 12, we read, And I will set my tabernacle among you, and my soul shall not abhor you. And I will walk among you, and will be your God, and you shall be my people. So what, what a privilege for the Israelites, we can read here. Imagine, Abraham, a nomad, walking around in such an area, wandering around with all his animals and more than 1,000 people. So it was a huge tent camp. There in the area of Israel. And his descendants 
became millions in Egypt. And when they were let out, and Moses let them, or better, Jesus let them, they came to the Red Sea and the storm divided the water, <laughs> and they could go through. And when the Egyptians wanted to follow, they had to end their lives there in the Red Sea because the water came back when they were in the middle of this sea. And these Israelites were saved by God. And then he's, he tells them, I want to dwell among you. I will set my tabernacle among you. I want to walk among you. I will be your God. You shall be my people. So this is an honor, honor, honor above honors. So how could that be? In Exodus 25, um, we read that God told Moses, verse 8, And let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. According to all that I show thee, after the pattern of the tabernacle, and the pattern of all the instruments thereof, even so shall you make it. So Moses has a special vision. He can look into the universe. He is allowed to do so. He is able to look into the center of the universe. There is the heavenly sanctuary. This is the spot where all the universe is governed from there. And he's allowed to look into the center of all centers of this universe. And there he, yeah, there he sees what he should erect on earth, a tabernacle a camping temple, something to transport so that God can dwell among them. It's amazing. So it was the center of worship for the Israelites during the journey in the wilderness. And later on, when this was in Sichem, and later on, built in stones in Jerusalem. Sin, sacrifice, and acceptance. When John the Baptist was at the Jordan River, one day he came, the desire of ages, the Messiah. And when John the Baptist got sight of him, he shouted, Behold, Lamb of God, the one who is carrying your sin. We 
find the original text for this in Isaiah 53, the most important chapter in Isaiah. And there we read in verse 4, Surely he has borne our grief and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. With his stripes, we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. This was said 700 years before Jesus died on the cross at Calvary. 700 years before it. It is the most expressive text in the Old Testament to show what was Jesus going to do for us. It's impressive. And this was the text which was read by this Ethiopian minister of finances who was in Jerusalem. And then he went back and read the scroll of Isaiah. And he came to this text. He read in it loud on his coach and carriage. And Philip, who was told to go there, the diacon, he heard reading him this most important text of the prophet Isaiah's scroll. The most important one. He heard him read it and asked, are you able to understand what you're going to read? How could I if someone isn't leading me in understanding? Get up, help me. And this minister of finances of the Queen of Ethiopia, he got a Bible study about Jesus, the Lamb of God who died for our sins. And it's so important, sin, sacrifice, and acceptance. We are lost with our sin. And the Son of God sacrificed himself. But what about the acceptance? Many, many on this planet will never receive acceptance because they have not accepted his sacrifice. They have just gone astray. He paid the price, but they never came and asked for forgiveness. So they have to pay the price themselves. So it's so important coming to Jesus, telling him, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, if I could just Throw away my past. How oh, could I just do something 
that it had never happened. But what could I do? I'm helpless in this situation. But if there's true repentance on your side, and Jesus knows your heart, he knows if it is true repentance or not. And if you appear on your knees in front of him, he will forgive you if you ask for forgiveness. He paid the price. Wow. What a miracle. The substitution. In Galatians chapter 1, verse 4, we read, written by the Apostle Paul, who gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us from this present evil world, according to the will of God and our Father. What a verse. He who gave himself for our sins. He gave himself. It's written there. But if you are the son of God, you have to act in this. Giving himself for our sins. When Jesus, in his earthly ministry was together with his disciples for the last time. We read in Matthew chapter 26, verse 28. Or I start with 27. And he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink you all of it. But imagine in the tradition of the Roman Catholic Church, you are not allowed to drink. You only get the bread. Jesus said, drink you all of it. All is all. Or? For this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sin. What a symbol, what a parable, what a type for Jesus. For Jesus dying on the cross. Taking the grape juice, saying, this is my blood. He made a substitutional sacrifice so that we can live. Although we have sinned, he made this sacrifice for us. When we are used to a special standard of living, we don't want to go down. For example, if you have water in your flat, in your house, just by turning <laughs> and zip, there it is. Uh, would you change for going to a well outside, for example, in winter time, and taking it from a well and carrying it into the house and then putting it on a stove and warming it up and so on? Would you be willing to do so if you are not forced to do so? 
<laughs> it's comfortable just turning on. And then you have warm water if you want to have warm water. Under the shower, have you ever done a shower with ice cold water? Although you were not forced to do so? Have you ever done so? I have the following habit when I'm in the shower, warm water, it's wonderful, and when I've finished, so for the final phase, I switch to ice cold water. And then, in the end, psh, for seconds only, of course, only for seconds. And each time, it's always the last act of a shower, ice cold water. But each time before I switch, <laughs> I have to follow in mind. I've done this so often now. Should I do it again? Uh, each time it's something, oh, I have to, to, to use all my strengths to do it because it's, it's ice cold, ice cold. And it's, it's not easy. But Jesus, what did he do? What did he do for you in comparison to that? The New Covenant High Priest. In Hebrews chapter 8, we read from the beginning, Now of the things which we have spoken, this is the sum. So it's very important, it's the sum. We have such an high priest who is set on the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens a minister of the sanctuary and of the true tabernacle, which the Lord pitched and not men. So it is the tabernacle, the temple, the holy sanctuary in the center of the universe over there. For every high priest, we read in verse 3, is ordained to offer gifts and sacrifices. Wherefore, it is of necessity that this man have somewhat also to offer. For if he were on earth, he should not be a priest, seeing that there are priests that offer gifts according to the law. And now the difference. Who serve unto the example and shadow of heavenly things, as Moses was admonished of God when he was about to make the tabernacle, foresee, says he, that you make all things according to the pattern showed to you in the mount. Jesus, our high priest. When you imagine, when we go back in history and we come close to the temple in Jerusalem. If we are foreigners, the first courtyard 
is the first and the last for us. It's for foreigners. And you are not allowed as a stranger to go onward. There, there were signs. You will be killed if you do so. If you say, well, I do not care. I just walk into the next courtyard. Then the next one was allowed for women to go in there. And then the next was allowed for men to enter. So strangers, foreigners, women, men. And then for most of the people, that's the end. You have to stop. But then the Levites were allowed to go in. They had to minister there. They had to bring this and that and the wood and doing all the service there and so on. And the next step is, and the Levites were not allowed to go there farther, only the priests among the Levites were allowed to go into the first apartment of the temple. And there was an inner apartment, the holy, most holy of the holies. And there the high priest were allowed to go once a year. Once a year. To go to the inner apartment of the most holy in the temple. So, strangers, women, men, Levites, priests, high priests, it wasn't, wasn't easy to, to get there. And now Jesus is the one who is the high priest for us in the heavenly sanctuary. And when he sends his angels to gather together all the ones who love Jesus and are willing to obey him, then he will wants to bring us together there in the center of the universe that we can see where he dwells. He wants to dwell with us. Oh, what a privilege. What a privilege to come close to Jesus, close to his home. We'll be there, imagine. Heavenly Ministry. In Hebrew, chapter 9, verse 24, we read, For Christ is not entered into the holy places made with hands, which are the figures of the true, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. Oh, that's great. It's written here. Now to appear in the presence of God for us. Verse 28. So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many. And unto them that look for him shall he appear the second 
time without sin and to salvation. Heavenly ministry. So we have the high priest ministering in the heavenly sanctuary, in the center of the universe, for us. Here on earth, it was great. The Israelites, they were the only ones who had a model of the heavenly sanctuary. It was the earthly sanctuary, the tabernacle. And it was a privilege to have a, a model here on earth. And it was here in Israel. First in Sichem, and then there in Jerusalem. Here it was the tabernacle built with tents, and here in Jerusalem then built in stones by Solomon. David was the one who transferred it from Sichem to Jerusalem. And this this privilege, being the, the nation, having such a model among them. Oh, this, this, this was great. But imagine, we are allowed to get to the center, to the real one, not just a model of it. We will get there where Jesus dwells, where, he, where the Father is on the throne, and Jesus. There we are allowed to get. Isaiah was the one who, who got in a vision, who was in a vision and got the, this, this idea what's going on there. And he said to himself, when he saw what happened there, wow, to me, uh, oh, I will be a dead person at once. I've seen the Father the Almighty on the throne. And, and he, he experienced the difference between the Almighty and an earthly human being. He said, woe to me. I will not survive. I will be dead in a chiffy because I've seen him. And it was only a vision so what will be when you will be there, there in the center, in the heavenly sanctuary? So it's such a privilege knowing he is ministering there for us at the moment. And we are allowed to be there in the future to, to visit his home place. Imagine what's going on there. But there is something to fulfill before this can happen, of course. Is your love for Jesus as he loves you? We are far, far away. And we need to be together with him daily at least one hour per day studying the life of Jesus, especially the last days of his life before crucifixion and the day of crucifixion. 
we should study at least one hour a day the life of Jesus. This would be good for us. Because then our trust in him will become stronger. Our love to him will become stronger. And we will be filled with the Spirit of God. So we will be saved. Summary. It happened when I was about 18 years old. I was in my hometown, in the street, in the pavement, walked there along, and suddenly in the distance I get sight, I catch sight of my friend. I was single at the time, and I thought my friend is single as well, but Oh, there was another person at his side, a female person. Now I became interested, very much interested. He's got an, a friend, a girlfriend. Oh, I watched like, like an eagle. And coming close to him, he caught sight of me. And this was something which shocked him that I could see him with a girlfriend on his side, at his side. Uh, he held her hand and they walked as a pair. And when he caught sight of, of me, he suddenly let her hand go. And as she did not know me, I was just a stranger for her, she did not understand why he let her hand go. And she was surprised. And because she was surprised, she tried to get hold, get a good grip on his hand again, as before. And he, he tried to, to remove his hand behind his back, and it, it looked funny. <laughs> Imagine your girlfriend wants to take your hand, and you put your hand far, far, so that she can't get it. And she looked up to him in astonishment. What's going on here? What's the reason why? Yeah, and then we came close together. And he was red in his face all over. And then I, then I remembered the following verse from Jesus. As you confess me before men, so I will confess you before God and the holy angels. As you confess me before men, so I will confess you before God and the holy angels. Why was my friend not willing 
to confess <laughs> himself to this girlfriend. It was a very new friendship. And it was a bit too new to, to confess her in front of me. So the normal situation would be that he is proud of having such a fine young woman at his side. And when he catches sight of me to say, hello, may I introduce to you? This is my boyfriend, here's my girlfriend, Susie, or whatever her name is. It would have been the normal way of introducing two friends. My friend, your friend. So why was he not willing to do so? It, it was not such a tight relationship as she thought it might be. She was very astonished that he tried to hide his <laughs> hand behind his back. She wondered what's going on. And Jesus looks at you. Are you willing to confess him inside of friends? Or only when you are alone with him in a single room? What about you? He did everything for you. What are you willing to do for him? 